should not be called Jason Takes Manhattan. This should be called Jason Slowly Drifts Towards Manhattan. On a big, giant cruise ship? I guess, yeah. It just takes fucking forever. It's like an takes, old Navy freighter that takes like three quarters of the movie to get to Manhattan. God damn, it takes so long. Yeah, like it reminded me of Muppets Take Manhattan immediately, and I was excited because that's a wonderful movie. You mean just the title, not the excruciatingly long yeah, boat no, ride? Yeah, no, the title, okay. which the Muppets go to New York City and have a wonderful time there. And I thought that's what Jason was going to do. <laughs> just go see a show, catch a, <laughs> yeah. catch a show. Catch yeah. a show, kill a few people, you know. Yeah, I thought that was going to be what we see here. Well, he does one of those things for sure. Uh, welcome to Bad Movies and Beer, the podcast that celebrates... The best of the worst <laughs> in bad movies, and uh, we enjoy usually some good craft beer. Hopefully. I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And today we are talking about Friday the 13th, part eight. It's our eighth episode. We thought it'd be a nice little bit of synergy there. Jason takes Manhattan, kind of. Boy, does he? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. So we'll, uh, uh. we'll talk about that. And while we talk about it, we're going to enjoy... What are we drinking today? What's the beer? Uh, we have a... And our beers are generally themed to connect to the movies we're watching. This one was a bit of a stretch, but it's called Aloha Friday. That is not a stretch at all, man. It has Friday in the I mean, name. it's got Friday in the name. You're also, right. I don't know if you know this, Aloha means hello and goodbye. And we spend a lot of time in this movie saying hello to Jason and then goodbye to a bunch of teenagers. That's true. As, as with all of the Friday the 13th movies, this is from uh, Long Slice Brewery uh, out of Toronto. So excited to try this one out. You know, it, this says it is an HPA. Yeah. What is an HPA? I think it means Hawaiian Pale Ale, or oh, maybe all it's... all right. Yeah, no, that sounds right. Well, maybe it has Aloha, maybe right? Maybe it's hibiscus, because it does say that it's brewed with hibiscus and other, uh, some fruity hops, so... Could it not be both? Possibly. Wait a minute, you're supposed to be the beer expert. I know, I don't know. HPA seems like a new uh, sort of I'm, moniker I'm going to go with Hawaiian. I think it yeah. is a Hawaiian Pale Ale. I, I think that's fair. All right. We'll go with that. We'll, uh, crack Someone it will correct us that. later. Yeah. Sure. Tweet us out, correct us. Absolutely. Tell us what please, we're doing please wrong Please do. Here. All right. Also, we did not mention like any of this stuff last week. We just kind of went right into it. We didn't explain the, the beer, the premise. We didn't explain our rating scale. It was just like full, full speed into Face Off. We were just super excited to talk about Face Off. I, I think, feel right? the opposite about this movie. <laughs> you mean you're not excited to talk about how... Jason just tears it up in the Big Apple. Not as excited as I was to talk about Face Off. <laughs> I will say right right away we get the Paramount logo, some creepy sounds. It was the standard like Jason. <laughs> At one right? point, I swear. Okay, I have not seen a lot of the Friday Thirteenth movies. I've seen the first one for sure. I've now seen this one. I'm pretty sure I've seen either nine or ten, and I've definitely seen Freddy versus Jason. So maybe there's a everyone just knows the answer to this, and I just don't know it. But when he's making those sounds, is is he just saying Jason? <laughs> I I don't think so. I think that the like that sound is a warning. But I think along with that, definitely in this movie for sure, there was some creepy like him saying Jason as a child. Like the one thing that kind of runs through is he's definitely connected to when he was a child and drowned in that lake in the first one right well he he starts the movie in a lake and so for like for the record this is this is the eighth movie in this series and neither one of us have seen the seventh one so we kind of quickly realize that there's some key piece of information we're missing from the seventh movie we looked it up real quick and the way the seventh movie ends apparently is there's some girl who has like superpowers or something some kind of mystical power and she's fighting jason 
and she can't actually kill him, but she somehow summons the spirit of her father who comes out of the lake and grabs Jason and pulls him down into the lake, Crystal Lake, where he drowned originally, chaining him up there, and that's where he's left. So that that's where he is at the start of this movie. Footnote, that sounds just batshit crazy. Why is there a lady <laughs> with superpowers and a yeah. ghost of a father? Is this like a straight-up slasher movie? I don't know, but I'm kind of intrigued. I feel like it probably is better than the one we just watched. I mean, that's a dangerous proposition, though, isn't it? Know. After seeing this one, how much further down the well do you want to go here, man? Maybe we'll revisit this again in our, like, 17th episode or Yikes. 70th episode. Something with know. a 7 in it, for we'll, sure. We'll get back there. Oh, 77. 77th episode, probably. Yeah, so we get we, we get a little footage of New York City, some little scenes showing us some of the local flavor. There's, like, a radio DJ talking about how they live in claustrophobia, and, you you know, nothing get the, gets the blood pumping, like, terror... We see some crime and rats and filth, heroin use. Yeah, they're definitely selling New York as the place you want to visit, right? Like, I think that's the way it was like, though, in like the 70s and 80s. Apparently, it was a real mess before Giuliani like, cleaned it up, for lack of a better term. Okay. But uh, you also see the Statue of Liberty from sort of like a water point of view. And so right away, we're, we just figure that's, that's Jason. Oh, yeah. They're definitely coming up with that angle or that cinematography to tell you he's sort of floating out of the, the water or the lake there coming to Manhattan. We get the same water point of view of a houseboat drifting through what is unmistakably a campground. It's the Crystal Lake campground. We got a couple of high school graduates on there. They get a little shout out from the radio DJ. These two teens are kind of hooking up. And so the guy decides he needs to drop the anchor. That's not a euphemism. Well, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> just needs to park yeah. the boat so they don't crash yeah, while they're just up the boat so that they could actually uh, focus on the extracurricular activities and the the underneath of the boat yes yeah now they sort of realize where they are and there's a little bit of nervousness but the guy whose name is jimmy he tells the girl yeah this is no problem this guy's at dead at the bottom of the lake and they drop the anchor down there, and Jason is at the bottom of the lake and dead. But when they drop the anchor, the anchor like hits a power line. It snags it, so the anchor snags the uh, three thousand volts. It's very clear to tell us uh, on this what looks like well insulated wire. Oh, it must be so well insulated. And, but somehow the jostling of it from holding the boat down just sends all the electricity right into Jason. So you see him like chained up underneath some stuff. It doesn't come up and like shock or explode the boat or warn the teens at all. You do see kind of light flashing beneath the surface of the water. Yeah, they do some light work under there, but they somehow don't figure out that there's any problem. The girl girl hears something and she tells Jimmy to go see what it is. Jimmy goes and takes a look and he doesn't come back right away. And so then she does the classic, you know, what are you doing? Stop messing around. Like goes out and looks for him. He jumps out. Well, sorry, someone jumps out with a Jason mask and stabs her in the stomach, but it's like a plane knife. It's just Jimmy. He's just pranking her. Hilarious. Except the real Jason is on the boat now and he shoots a harpoon gun at the two of them while they are having sex. Misses somehow, even though they're in like a corner of a room on a bed. I guess they were building some suspense here, right? Like, oh, we just thought Jason would have his first kill real quick, but instead that harpoon misses. It happens five seconds later. And she scurries out the window. She does. Meanwhile, Jason doesn't need the harpoon. He just stabs the guy through the chest with a harpoon gun. Yeah. It was uh, pretty gruesome. Slow motion. They pull it out. It almost looks like he's ripping intestines out with it, but I think it was some of the parts of the harpoon, yeah, it like elastic, like, yeah, or rope or some kind of. Yeah. I don't know. If, if it was me- meant to be intestines, again, just a terrible job on the effects. Yeah. He goes stalking around the boat, looking for where this girl ran off to. He finds her kind of holed up in the hall, 
he stabs her with a harpoon, but before he does, she gets to emote what I guess she thinks fear looks. This girl might be the worst <laughs> actress I've ever seen in my life. Oh my! It was really bad. the The fact that they chose to make it like a 17 second slow mo stabbing with a harpoon uh, made it all the worse, right? Like her acting was horrible. The slow-mo stabbing where she could have scurried away or avoided it for the entire time made it so much worse. Also, this will be the first in a long line of very questionable decisions made by characters about where they try to escape to or how they try to escape. She goes to a part of the boat where anyone finding her will be at a height advantage and there's no way out. There is no decision at all to try to jump off the boat and swim away. As we find out later, it probably wouldn't have mattered because Jason... No, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, he can teleport, but you know. Oh, yeah, we'll yeah, get we'll get, Oh, yeah, my we'll God. So she's dead. We get a nice dissolve to a different boat. It's more graduates from that same high school class. They're going on a little cruise, celebrate their graduation. This is where we meet the main character and the final girl of this movie, Rennie or Renee. They say it kind of both ways throughout the movie. Yeah, that was kind of confusing that they kept confusing like mixing her name up what's especially confusing is she's getting dropped off by i guess like a teacher who their relationship is oddly rennie's an orphan we find out so i guess maybe her teachers have a special interest in her but this teacher says rennie's the best student she's ever had she gives her a nice gift it's a beautiful kind of antique looking pen yeah, it, the way she delivers it, it looks like she's about to give her a piece of jewelry, but ended up being, yeah, an antique pen. The way she shares it is very romantic and not at all like a teacher-student <laughs> relationship. It was very strange. I don't know about romantic. It, well, just, it just seemed far more familial than just yeah, teacher-student. Yeah, it was, it was kind of weird. I guess she cared for her because she was an orphan and was doing well. But yeah, it activates know. some yeah. kind of instinct. They get on the boat with the other students. One of the other students is the Admiral's son this boat has an admiral even though it's a fucking cruise ship for soon to be like drunken teenagers yeah it's really weird and and the ship itself did not look like a very like nice cruise ship maybe i don't know a lot about cruise ships but it seemed like they turned like a military boat into a cruise ship that was going on this is the kind of ship that warrants an admiral being on board no well that's definitely true well the only way that it does make sense is if it used to be a military ship and he's sort of like changed into He's just like stuck with it. Yeah, like he's got it. Like I'm gonna stay until with the, this, until this the ship, ship or yeah. him gets decommissioned. They're just married, basically. Yeah, exactly. He, he was staying on the Lazarus forever. He relinquishes command of the ship to his handsome son, Sean, or he tries to. Except Sean immediately makes like four mistakes and then quits because he's embarrassed himself. I just can't live up to your expectations, Dad. Yeah, on his way out, Sean bumps into a crewman on the ship, a creepy guy who tells him that their voyage is doomed. This guy, really just a <laughs> preternatural knowledge of what's about to happen. Yeah, I don't, other than to like try to build suspense, I don't understand why he existed in this movie. He would just pop up to tell them and warn them that they were all going to die. And how would he know that, though? Clearly, he could see the future. I don't know. He knew a lot about Jason. I mean, he's not wrong. We immediately see Jason hanging on to like a pontoon or a something on the like a like a. It looked uh, like he grabbed the anchor's chain too. Like he was just climbing. Is that what his it was? Up. I couldn't yeah. tell what it was. I think so the graduates start kind of partying. There's dancing. There's making out. There's skeet shooting. Yeah, that was off the way, side of the boat. I guess the they were giving a reason to put some guns in the boat. Oh, that's clever. I didn't think about that. That makes a lot of sense, though. And it turns out that Sean is actually sweet on Rennie. He gives her a gift. It's a necklace with the Empire State Building on it. And they're going to go to the top when they get there. Uh, I think it was the Statue of Liberty. 
I don't know about that because at the end, aren't they talking about how many stories and whatever? The Empire, the Statue of Liberty is not measured in stories, is it? I think so. I think it's the Statue of Liberty still, but we can check back and see that. Yeah. I don't want to. All right. Please don't make me. <laughs> You're someone watch someone just let us know. Someone watch it and tell us because we don't want to watch this movie. I'm going with Empire yeah. State Building. All right. Either way, there's other students on board. We get to meet them very quickly. I'm just going to refer to them by sort of what they are because their names really aren't important. There is no character development here at all. We get like a rock chick who's recording, I guess, a music video of her playing guitar and an AV nerd who is filming her playing guitar. We also meet Mr. McCulloch, who is Renee, Renee's uncle. He's a teacher. He's also very worried about her being on the boat. You never should have brought her here. It's up to Rennie to decide what she wants to do. She doesn't know what she wants. She has issues. We're not really sure what those issues are. She wants to face her fear. So he agrees to let her stay. And we're off. Yeah. He was a really weird and fucked up character. She has strange relationships with her teachers and adults. Yeah. Their relationships are especially strange. We learn later. So the rock chick goes below deck to check out the ambiance and kind of rock out a little bit. She wants the guy to film her there, but he's off doing something else. She gets Jason pretty hard here. She sees him, drops her guitar, runs further below deck. But he's already down there somehow with her guitar. And this is the first case of how did he get there so quickly? How? How? So in the movie, Jason walks to build suspense the entire time, except when it needs to push the plot forward to the murder, he immediately teleports there. It's like he's either the slowest and fastest man ever on Earth, or he has developed teleportation. He's like the slowest, but he knows the best route. So you're going the long yeah. way, and because uh, well, I mean, he knows he the can, short way, he just gets there right in this walk through walls then. Like, he gets oh, to man. go through it's anything. To th- it's unbelievable. Yeah, but yeah, so this is the first murder. He takes her own axe and smashes her in the brain with it. I like that little play Sorry, there. not a real axe. No, her guitar, her which axe. she describes as the axe. Yeah, later yeah. he uses a real axe. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> which makes sense. But I like the creative weapon choice here. The having her go down into the hall on her own to make her own music video is, yeah. Then... We have a boxing scene there. They've brought like a heavy bag on the boat and there's these two guys boxing and there's also two girls watching up above. One of them is the prom queen. The other one has a science scholarship and they're watching this boxer. (laughs) Hold on. You ran right by the racism that uh, abounds here. Of course, what race was the science scholarship woman? I believe she was Asian American. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And the prom queen was just a white blonde chick. Yeah, the yeah. stereotypes that run rampant in the well, you'll never the guess what ethnicity are. the great boxer is either. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. African American. He is yeah. very much of so. Of course, they make. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's yeah. also the only African American character in the whole movie. It's true. It's not a very diverse uh, cast. Absolutely not. But he's super good at sports. So yeah. Woo, man. So uh, they see him. They're kind of perving out on him. And then they also kind of perving out on a handsome crewman. We got a couple of crewmen on this ship. And then the blonde one decides it's time for a little recreational activity. So I'm like, oh, they're going to fire up some weed or something. No, that's cocaine. They're going to do cocaine on this boat. Straight to cocaine. She has what looks like a thing of binoculars. But instead of pulling them out, she pulls out a mirror. Yep. And uh, yeah, she offers it to her friend. But she doesn't want to lose her science scholarship. Yeah. Yeah, Rennie comes along, sees them doing this. She's looking for her dog who ran away. She's a dog on the boat for yeah, some reason. Yeah, this is weird. Why was the dog with her the entire time? At the very start, I wondered if she was blind or needed the <laughs> dog. Like, they're, they're, it seemed like a service animal. Well, I was maybe like, that, maybe that's maybe you're yeah. not that far off. Maybe this is like a therapy animal because of her trauma, her, unna- her as yet unnamed trauma. Although, okay. did they have therapy animals in the 80s? And if not, why is she bringing a dog on this boat? I, I don't know. She's just always with her dog. 
She's looking for the dog, can't find the dog. Those girls are worried she's going to narc on them. Meanwhile, Jason is roaming freely throughout the boat, even though there's supposed to be tons of students on there, tons of kids. No one notices yeah. him roaming. The only one who knows he's there is that creepy guy who pops up to spread doom. Who knew he was there before he was there yeah. somehow. Yeah, absolutely. Suddenly, we have someone kind of creeping up on these two girls doing cocaine, but it's not Jason. It's Mr. McCulloch. They think because of this, Rennie has narked on them. He is very concerned about the prom queen's science project. Yeah, she didn't finish her biology project. And if she doesn't give it to him, she's not allowed to participate in any of the off-boat activities. That's right. So he's going to swing by her room and get that later. And that won't be weird at all. I didn't. I really struggled with his character and what was happening here. Like, aren't they on this as sort of like a graduation trip? Why is any of that stuff happening? Like, why is he on top of them for this stuff? I don't know. He's just, he's really just a jerk. He's a stuffed shirt. They picked a great actor for this too, because this guy just looks like a snooty asshole. He did a good job of portraying the like asshole teacher who like is just there to shut down the good time, right? Like I protect his niece i guess i don't know it was a i think he's just an asshole he's just yeah. the local asshole we get a short sauna murder scene here oh yeah this one was pretty gruesome i guess the creativity in the early murders are, are are kind of fun yeah but it falls apart quickly yeah oh absolutely anyway jason grabs one of the hot sauna rocks and just jams it into a dude's chest yeah it like melts through him and takes him down which i would have to assume that'd be a horrible way to die the the prom queen, now convinced that Rennie ratted her out, accidentally knocks Rennie off the boat, accidentally, and they throw her a life preserver, but the little kid... So, so this is where we kind of learn that she can't really swim. Like, she's really struggling, and then all of a sudden we see from underneath an image of a child grab her and sort of pull her under, and we have to make the assumption this is little Jason... Yeah, and we actually did see him earlier in the movie as well when she first kind of settles into her room. Oh, yeah. She has this weird image of him pop up on the, like, porthole of her room, and it was strange. Uh, she's having these visions of this little kid. And that's that's the confusing part. Are we to believe she has mental issues? Is she hallucinating? Like, what is this? Is she actually seeing this little kid? Is he doing this stuff to her? Like, Yeah, that's right. Is, yeah. is he actually pulling her down, or is she just thinking because she can't swim? I don't know. Luckily, her her boyfriend, Sean, jumps in, pulls her out. She's clearly traumatized, and Mr. McCulloch is very upset. They can't figure out what's going on here, but luckily, the creepy crewman pops back up, and he lets them know. You're all going to die. You're the last ones. He's come back for you. Jason Voorhees. <laughs> and again, he can just, like, sense yeah. this somehow? I don't know. He is also, like... The way that he's dressed, I guess he does look like a, a crew member. He's just wearing a toque and his white shirt, and he looks like he belongs there. But, yeah, it's strange. And he also seems like he has mental issues, clearly. Like, they don't make him seem like a regular person. Well, no, especially not, especially not later. Like You'll hear what happens to him later. But th this happens. Rennie goes to wash up afterwards, and when she turns the faucet on, blood comes out, or at least kind of yeah. reddish oh, yeah. water. Like blood. And then that kid, the drowning kid from the lake, comes through the mirror, and there's flashing lights, and he grabs her, and he has one eye suddenly for some reason. I don't yeah. think he had one eye before. We're, we are both just thoroughly confused with what's going on here. Yeah, I forgot about this part, because it was really weird. Like, smoke started coming out. There was laser lights. It was like he was from another dimension trying to pull her into the mirror. Like a poltergeist coming through the TV kind of thing. Yeah, and I... 
I didn't understand. Like, this was just all adding. Like, was this happening in her head? I don't think it was. Like, I think it was happening in real life or it was supposed to be in the movie. That's clearly never really established. And I wonder if this kind of links back to the previous movie, which clearly involves some supernatural elements. Because it, it seems like this is really happening to her. But then... No one else ever witnesses or acknowledges it. Yeah, so it was very confusing. If you haven't followed all the other ones beyond, or if you have and you know and can explain this to us, please do, because it did oh, not God, help please, with yes. yeah, like Very confused. Mr. McCulloch goes to check on the prom queen's biology project, and the biology project is that she's drawn some body parts on her semi-naked body. Yeah, so she gets into a bra and underwear and uh, tries to entice him with some champagne, pulls him onto the bed and kisses him. It's a trap. It's a trap, though, because there's the AV guy recording them. This part to me was insane. Mr. McCulloch now knows he's been videotaped on a bed making out with this teenage girl in her underwear. Yeah. And he leaves without getting the tape. <laughs> he, just te- the tape. he just threatens them, tell them they're going to go nowhere in life and walks away. That's insane. Yeah. Why, you have to get that tape if you're that dude. Your career is fucking over. You're probably going to jail. Oh, he should be. He just stomps off angrily. You I, kids today? What? Yeah. He definitely didn't make the right choice. We've we've watched other movies where the teacher has been tried to be lured by students and have made better choices than this. Are you talking about uh, our, our pilot episode, <laughs> yeah. De- Deadly Eyes? Yeah, man, yeah. that's uh, that's something. Wayne has a crush on the prom queen. He makes him. Wayne's the AV guy. I don't know why I said his name there. He makes he makes a move on the prom queen. She rejects him, which you know. Yeah, she fluffs him off just like the happen. rocker girl had told him she would earlier in the movie. But you know who overhears this is Jason, and he doesn't seem too happy that she just shot down this uh, video nerd. So he makes moves, moving the prom queen. She gets out of the shower, sees Jason. She kind of pauses by the door. He punches through the door. We got several door punches in this movie also. Yeah, a lot of those surprise through the wall, through the window, grab onto you moments. This one's my favorite, though, because he punches through the door, and all he does is pull her robe off. <laughs> He does. So we talked about it before. We were surprised somewhat based on how poor this movie was, the lack of nudity. Like, we thought there'd be yeah. more. This is some right yeah. here, though. And we actually got some at the beginning when those two kids are hooked up on that boat. Yeah. But he just rips her robe off. Then he just busts through the door, smashes her off the mirror, grabs a piece of the broken glass. And then this is actually, this is the, the greatest cinematic part of this whole movie for yeah. me. We get a great cut from her screaming to the boat whistle. As they, I guess, continue on their way here. Yeah, this is when it starts to pick up with the storm, too. It starts to get rough. and Oh, there's a hell of a storm coming. Yeah, the sea captain just throws that one down there. He tells us that, and then he takes off for a minute and leaves the controls to his... Is it... What you, it's not a co-pilot. What do you call it on that? yeah. Yeah. It's co-admirable. Vi- Vice-admiral? Vice-admirable. Maybe, right. I don't know. Yeah, this is a part, uh, like the part of the movie when I was like... Are they ever gonna get to New York City? Like, oh my! We, and at this point, we're like not even thirty minutes in. This I know is, yeah. it really started to get confusing for me. I was like, well, we started out in New York, but all we've done is hang out on this boat, and he's murdering teenagers. We got a lot more boat to get through before we get and even come close to Manhattan. Jason comes out, kills the vice admiral. The admiral finds his body, and then immediately gets his throat cut. Then the admiral's son, Sean, finds him propped up at the wheel. Panic starts setting in. He makes an emergency broadcast for everyone to come to the bridge. He calls the Coast Guard, but as soon as he gets through, Jason just severs the line. So the creepy crewman, always helpful, he jumps in and just lets them all know they're all going to die. But he gives them a little more backstory and details. Oh, it's Jason. He was at the bottom of the lake. Now he's not at the bottom of the lake. He's out in the boat. He's going to kill you. This actor was so bad. Like, the only one who might challenge the first dying girl is this guy. Because this scene where he tries to add a little bit of information to it 
is horrible. I've got a challenge for you. Name a good actor in this movie. <laughs> Uh, the guy who plays Jason, (laughs) (laughs) he does a really good job of walking slowly and, uh, grabbing and picking people up. Strong, silent type. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the guy who plays McCulloch does a good job of being an asshole. Yeah. Pretty much. Those two, those two would probably carry it. The Renee character, the lead girl actress is not good or bad. That's a great way of describing yeah. it. <laughs> like I'm so she indifferent on her strikingly average actress. Yes, yeah, exactly. The the boxer from earlier, he wants to band together and go hunting for Jason. The teacher, Mr. McCulloch, tells him no. Watch your mouth, young man, and you'll do no such thing. I'm in charge here. School is out. Come on. <laughs> yeah, he, he had some pretty stereotypical but entertaining lines. I haven't watched the trailer, but if I if I had to bet money, I'd bet money that, that lines that in the trailer. Lines in there, I think so. Good. Yeah. So Rennie goes to drop the anchor, but why would she drop the anchor? Why wouldn't you keep floating to land? There's been an emergency. You don't stop in the middle of the fucking lake. Yeah, or this river was really whatever. confusing too. I don't know why the choice. And of course, Sean decides to send his girlfriend off down to the bowels of the boat to drop the anchor alone when they know Jason's there. Well, they know someone's committing murders. The yeah. creepy crewman tells them it's Jason. At the very least, there is a murderer on board. So it's obviously he's by herself. Hey, hon, go down there. <laughs> Lower the anchor for us, please. Meanwhile, our science scholarship winner, she finds the prom queen dead. She sees Jason. She runs. She ends up on the dance floor from earlier. And for some inexplicable reason, she is just spinning around, paralyzed with fear, when there are so many exits. This was really hard to watch. She hits the dance floor and cannot move. The dance floor is dead center in this room, and as she spins, you see at least three different ways she could run away from Jason, and she chooses none of them. And they do some really weird filming here. Like, Jason gets up really close, and then all of a sudden she keeps spinning and he disappears. And then she keeps spinning until he reappears again, like, several seconds and many turns later. Yeah, and he just chokes her to death, which was the least inspired death in this movie for me. Yeah, they they do a zoom in on her shoes to show her stop moving and this is one of like must have been 500 zoom in on shoes in this movie oh the boot shots yeah just a they, ton of boot they shots they spend a lot of time building suspense by showing shots of boots and shoes just jason stepping into the frame yeah yeah and it's hunting time now so the boxer and all the other guys they divide up some weapons the av nerd's got a shotgun he goes looking for that rock check just to figure out where she went but some steam in one of the pipes blows off his glasses and now he can't see and then someone jumps into the frame and he shoots him. It's the handsome crewman from earlier. The poor handsome crewman who had zero lines in the movie. Did he speak? He just even smiled at the girls. I think made he said, might have said hello to them. Okay, so girls make advances at him and then he just gets murdered later. Like He's dead now. What a useless character. Why did they introduce that guy? They needed more bodies for the body count? I don't know. Is he related to one of the writers or directors? Like, why did you put this that's, guy in That's here? one of my favorite theories. Yeah. I feel like we talked about that before where it's just like someone's like, yeah, yeah you know, put my uncle out there. We just got to get this guy in the movie i mean he was <laughs> handsome maybe the item for his looks oh man I don't know. so the avian AV nerd can't see so what he does is he uses his camera he uses the zoom and the lens in his camera to like focus in so we can mm-hmm. see stuff as he's looking at the body he realizes oh i damn it i've just killed the handsome crewman and then we get another boot shot as jason steps into the frame he does the tilt up it's jason and that's pretty much it for the av nerd how does, how does he dispense of our friend AV nerd Wayne? Well, first he runs. The AV yeah. guy runs. He trips. I don't know if he trips over the rock chick's body, but he trips. He finds her body. Yeah. 
Jason picks him up and just throws him into like an electrical panel, a control panel. It seemed like it was the engine room control panel. Like he just throws him on top of it. And when he lands on top, the whole thing fucking explodes into Sparks, electricity, explosions. fire. Yeah, his crotch lights on fire first. <laughs> it like, does. It's the first area that's on fire is just around his dick and balls. Yeah, and I'm at this point, I'm like, they're not going to make it to New York. They've, they're trying to throw <laughs> the anchor down. The boat is on fucking fire, and Jason's murdering everyone. How is it even possible that they make it there for any part of this movie? They are in a lot of trouble. And the next time we see his body, it is really on fire, the whole thing, not just the crotch. That, that body being on fire actually sets off the fire alarm. There's a kind of a big explosion. And now there's another problem on this boat besides just the murderer. They've also got the whole engine room on fire. Well, and this is where we start like checking in on the other characters. And for some reason, all of those people who armed themselves decided that it was best to separate and find Jason alone on the boat. And I know that they have to do this in horror movies but there is no chance this would ever happen in real life yeah at least some sort of reason usually it'll be like well i think we should do this i think we should do this and they like in spookies they split off because one guy wants to do one thing one guy wants to do something else in this there's no conversation they all just like amble off in different directions they give you a reason spookies it was two movies put together and edited and they figured out a way to communicate a reason to us and this there is no reason so at this point the hunters become the hunted jason is basically teleporting around the boat killing dudes he throws one guy off a mast and impales him on something he throws the boxer off the boat and then rennie is in a room again kind of staring off at another hallucination or vision of yeah, this drowning boy the drowning boy again who yeah. just becomes more disfigured as the movie happens. every time you know, see him yeah. jason punches through a window and he's choking her but then she grabs the pen that she had been gifted earlier stabs him right in the eye and like water gushes out of his eye well, he was underwater. He's probably full of water. He yeah, was under I guess the, so. He was He's in a lake for made of God knows how many know. years. Yeah, I thought it was the swamp thing at the start of this movie for sure. <laughs> it's kind of looked like him, yeah. So now the boat is taking on water and Mr. McCulloch is walking through the kitchen with a flare gun. We see a very prominent shot of a gleaming knife. Yeah. Which you just think, oh, that you said right away, like, oh, that's the knife. Jason's going to kill him with that knife. And someone jumps out with a knife, but it's not Jason. It's the creepy crewman who's making all those predictions yeah the guy who told tells us jason's gonna murder he gets that knife and this is the guy that actually mccullough expect like suspected to be the murderer the entire time so they have a bit of a confrontation there but nothing happens really and then it's time to evacuate the boat as they're evacuating they see that creepy crewman again he jumps out again with the knife and they're like mccullough goes to shoot him with the flare gun but he just keels over dead because he's got the axe in his back a real life one not the guitar yes exactly so he's taken one of the axes and murdered the weird creepy guy add some suspense here i guess this was a weird moment too because there's supposed to be way more people on the boat it seems like the one teacher put them all under deck while it was on fire that's not really clear though someone makes a comment about them being in the restaurant yeah which do they mean kitchen i know i think she convinced them to be in the like dining area of the boat which was under deck she thought that was a safe place for them to sort of form together so they died in an explosion or they drowned they drowned as we see the boat fill with water because we do see sean and uh renee or renee try to go underneath to stop the flooding or stop the boat from being on fire and then all of a sudden it explodes like water explodes through and almost washes them away i don't know man this is not as with most things this is not well explained no absolutely we're just all of a sudden went from about like 30 people down to four yeah we got four people about to climb down to a lifeboat and they do. They see Jason kind of looking down at them from up on the main part of the boat, but they get in the lifeboat, they get away, and then all of a sudden, out of the water bursts the boxer. He's still alive. He went over it. the side, but he's all right. 
So he gets in and they start rowing through some fog, which is this, these scenes are so low budget. They are seriously sitting in a studio with two people on either end, like pushing the boat back and forth <laughs> as you have like someone running a fog machine and making like seagull sounds like, ah, I swear there was someone making noise <laughs> with their own voice as they're in like a Vancouver studio or some shit. <laughs> it was so so bad. I was struggling so hard as they it's, tried yeah, to row stuff. through there. So they're rowing and they're lost. They're yelling at the sea captain for being a sea captain's son or the admiral's well, son. He's the captain now. He's, yeah, the, he's, he's the, the admiral now. He's getting shit on by McCullough for not knowing where he's going as they're in a rowboat in the middle of the fucking Yeah, but he has, like a, he has like a fish finder so or something. So hold on. We didn't talk about this yet. How are they going from Crystal? Where did they launch from? Like how are they crossing? I believe Crystal Lake. I could be wrong. I believe it's in New Jersey. Okay, so it's not that far for them to ride along the ocean to get no. there. Okay, I was struggling here because I was like, how are they getting from wherever Crystal Lake is to... I think the DJ, one of the radio DJs might have mentioned something about that. Okay. Passing through Crystal Lake on the way to New York. But All right, that's fair. Anyway, eventually, after a while of them rowing their boat, they finally see the Statue of Liberty. We've reached Manhattan over an hour into this movie. There's probably not much left in this movie, right? Like, almost everyone's dead. Jason's killed all but five people who were on this boat. How can they put together and some... And the dog. Don't forget the dog. The dog's in the oh, boat. the dog's alive too. Sorry. How can they put together some kind of coherent story about spending time in New York together? Well, so this is where we, we actually get to... One of my least favorite parts of this movie is this ending fucking drags. We're going along at a nice clip, and I get it. You want to spend some time in Manhattan because the movie's called fucking Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> but this next, it's like 40 minutes or 35-ish left of movie and it takes fucking forever. Yeah, it's horrible. It doesn't make sense. Clearly, this was a poorly like conceived idea or title. Like, I think I think it was budget-based. I believe it was. They, they wanted to do this. They had these Manhattan things happening. And the cost of filming like in New York or replicating New York was so expensive that they were just like, fuck it, we'll put most of it on the boat. It's it's mind boggling because it is Jason slashes a, a boat, right? Like this is nothing to do with Manhattan. It was awful. Well, they're there now, though, kind yeah. of. We get a lot of scenes and alleys and stuff. It's all like <laughs> port and alley shots that it are is. not taking place in New York City. I love I love this. They get off the boat. They get to land. And the, the, the lady teacher who was with Rennie at the beginning of the movie just says... Well, there must be a phone around here somewhere. <laughs> You're in the biggest city in the fucking world. Yeah, absolutely. In New York. Yeah, you can probably find a phone. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they can confidently find a yeah, phone. You're going to find a phone booth at this point or a store or a place that has a phone. Something. Anyway, they go. They start walking off. Jason comes out of the water. And I, at, I literally yelled. I'm like, how? Were they dragging him in the fucking boat? They've been rowing in a boat for who knows. I don't care how good a fucking swimmer you are. You can't swim that far. But Jason's immortal and he can teleport. So, of course, it makes sense that he just teleported through the water to the docks. He climbs himself up and starts slowly following them, even though he could teleport and murder them at any time. This is is a poor, poor explanation is what this is. (laughs) You don't like my explanation? I think it's perfect. I don't. You know what else I don't like is I don't like this weird meta thing where he gets out of the water. He sees a billboard with his mask on it. It turns out it's an advertisement for the fictional Eastern Hockey League. Yes. But then he turns and looks at the camera. Yeah, he gives it almost like a Jason smile as if there is a like, yeah. If he had done the like Nick Cage face off shrug, I would have just fucking turned the movie off. We'd be we'd be like, (laughs) we'd only be doing that's the end of this episode. I'm sorry, guys. We don't know how it ended, but we're we're not going to go any further. So the main characters are walking along. They immediately get mugged because, again, New York is a cesspool. We learned that from the beginning shots. And those muggers decide they're going to take Rennie with them and rape her, I guess. 
Yeah, they're going to go have a good time with her. The others say, okay, yeah, you take her. Well, they say if, if you try and stop, if you come with, we'll kill, we'll kill, we'll kill her and you. But I guess. instead, you're going to let her get raped and killed anyway? Oh, yeah, the boxer, he's a good guy. He wants to go after her. And the, Mr. McCullough's like, no, no, Julius. We'll find the police. Yeah, they'll kill her. So they take her to a dark alley, and then I guess these guys are heroin addicts. We're led to believe that. They've shown them do heroin earlier in the movie. And one of them talks about not having enough heroin, but then they inject her with heroin. The heroin has no effect on her. No, oh my God, that's the other thing. Jason comes, he murders the guy who's trying to rape her by literally jamming the heroin needle through his torso. This was like the fucking pipe scene in Commando. Yeah. He goes like through the back spine rib cage (laughs) right out the front, which makes no sense. That was a good scene. That was a good scene. This one. At least that's a steel pipe. This is like a plastic and whatever needle. He rams the whole thing through there and like his hand also. It's so whatever. It was. Yeah, it, it saves Renee, though. So you're like, okay, go, Jason. It does, but save she, Renee. she's... Okay, I'm assuming Rennie, Renee, has yeah, never Rennie. done heroin before. Oh, I, I would assume so. She wouldn't touch any of the other drugs that were offered so her. So this dude just injected her with heroin for the very first time. Yeah. And that should knock her on her ass. But instead, oh, she, she just she, gets up and runs. Yeah, she And she's, like, oddly away. coherent. And while she's running, what happens with Jason? Well, that's... So the other guy comes back, and he's like, oh, man, I forgot my money. Which, like, what? You just robbed people. Why are you walking out without the money? The money yeah. is clearly the most important thing you've done for the whole whole evening. It was it was really stupid and God, the whole thing. man. And then he takes out his gun and he shoots Jason six times. We does know, nothing. We know bullets don't affect does Jason. Does nothing. Yeah. And then, we do we even see his death? Jason just... Yeah, he brains oh, the guy in a pipe. Pummels him onto a pipe. Yeah, that's right. Oh, so... Rennie runs. The boxer finally finds a phone. He goes to call the cops. But suddenly, Jason is there automatically... He chases him out of the phone booth and onto a roof. <laughs> yeah, this and is interesting. Now yeah. the boxer has nowhere to go. He's trapped in the roof. Jason's closing in on him. He decides it's time for that boxing training to pay off. Yeah. And he starts boxing Jason. But he makes the classic mistake. He punches himself out, throws too many punches. Jason's just there taking it. He wears himself out. So by the end, he's whiffing. He's got no force behind these things. And then he just finally concedes that he can't. He's got nothing left. And he tells Jason, take your best shot, motherfucker. <laughs> and Jason does. He he winds up and he does an uppercut. And <laughs> is it Julius? Julius' head clean off. He just knocks his, his head, head off. His head comes right off. His it is, head goes flying off. It, it is, is just like Killer Clowns of Matter Space. Same moment. Except this oh. time the head goes launching off a two-story building. Rolls down another building. And then crashes into an open garbage can a dumpster and the dumpster lid, the lid, the lid shuts and just sort of puts a closing moment on it and you're just like God wow damn it this was the moment where we were laughing our fucking asses off this is like when you saw that scene in commando with the with the garden shed like yes. just howling laughter because the whole thing the head is clearly a rubber head there's oh, no God. blood no it's the bloody stump on the end of the head but the, the wound is clean somehow yeah it just rolls into the dumpster fucking lid closes absolute perfect like it's good just un, un- Unbelievable! It it was it was hilarious. That's the highlight of this movie, by the way. Oh god! Yeah. If you're highlight. gonna watch the movie, watch it only for this moment. Really, it it yeah. definitely added at least a point in entertainment for me. You can skip the rest. Yeah, trust me. Mr. McCulloch finds the cops, and they find Rennie, and the cop goes to take them to the station. Mr. McCulloch says, "Well, our first order of business is we have to find Julius. He's the boxer." And when the cop goes to get in the car, I guess like a light comes on or something, and they see Julius's head is just in the car. His his severed head is just there. Somehow the it seems to be hanging from the mirror at the front of the car, yeah. but there's nothing attached to it. And it's then it magically falls down. floating, and then it falls, yeah. Jason kills the cop. Rennie jumps behind the wheel. She drives away. She runs down Jason as she does it. 
as she's driving, she has another hallucination with these weird halting jump cuts of her getting closer to this kid. It was like, we were like, is the DVD fucked up or something? Yeah, like, we were very that confused. was a really strange choice in to make that moment look like she was hallucinating. Like, I guess maybe they're saying the drugs are kicking in at this point, but they've also been giving us those hallucinations the entire time. So it was really strange. I don't know why that happened. But at the end of those hallucinations, she sort of smashes through the young Jason deformed child and crashes runs right into a wall, crashes right into that wall. And then the car explodes. And at this point, I guess we both lost track of this because at a certain point in the near future, we're like, wait, where's the lady teacher? Apparently she was still in the car. We we had to look it up later because we were like, why did she just disappear? But well, everyone yeah. else got out really easily. So and, and I have they, no they idea. They get out and then the car explodes. So yeah. and they only uh, seem too choked up that she was in that car and exploded. Yeah, like, for, for that creepy relationship that like Rennie had with her at the start of the movie, she does not give a fuck that her like favorite teacher just got exploded. No, but I'll tell you what happens now. We finally get to see the source of Rennie's trauma because as there's this explosion, there's a little fire all over the place. There's kind of a puddle of gasoline or something on fire. And she's staring deep into it and she starts to see, and so do we, like a boat rowing across this puddle. Yes. We dissolve to an actual boat in a lake. It's got a young Rennie in it and a slightly younger version of Mr. McCulloch. No, it was just him with like dyed hair. That's all it was. Yeah, they didn't de-age him at all. No, it was the exact same actor with a dye job. And he had like a a sweater vest rather than a suit on, I'm pretty sure. Yep, he thinks it's time for her to learn how to swim. You don't want to end up drowning like that Borges boy, do you? He never learned how to swim either. He's still in the bottom of this lake. And he's ready to pull down anybody who falls in and can't swim. You're telling a lie. Am I? Let's find out. So he just throws her in the lake. Yeah. What the fuck is this motivation? Like you tell her a scary story about Jason still being drowned in that lake. And that if she doesn't swim, he's going to pull you under. And then, of course, she goes under, and then we see this small child pulling her under. Like, but again, we don't know if that's happening in in real life, or is that just in her head? I'm wondering if it's like a metaphor. If she's just like she can't swim, she's sinking, and so in her mind, it's the kid pulling that she's her getting pulled down. But there's no explanation for it. And why does he keep popping up in mirrors and portholes and all kinds of other things? I don't know. We go back to the present. She realizes where her trauma comes from. She confronts Mr. McCulloch about it, and then she stomps off. Sean chases after her. Jason finally shows up to kill McCulloch, which I've been waiting for this whole movie. So this entire time, though, they have only been in back alleys and in like a port area. So saving that budget. There's been no New York City. So Jason has followed the same people. He's killed a couple drug addicts and now he's still chasing them. He's got McCulloch and McCulloch decides instead of running into a public space to go where? He runs into a building yeah, and then immediately is thrown out of that building by Jason who was also somehow in the building. So he he throws him out this glass window and McCulloch sort of struggles and tries to get away but instead Jason gets him and what's he, how does he finish him up? He drowns him in a barrel full of filth water that we saw in the opening sequence. Yeah, it was like like just straight sludge water with there like was a, a, rat a creepy in it. drowning oh, rat. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So McCulloch's toast finally, and now Sean chases down Rennie, and he get we get a little monologue here. She comes clean about how her parents died in a car crash, and she says that everyone she cares about she loses, and Sean very confidently, too confidently at this point, is like, it's not going to happen this time. Which dude, like everyone you know, just died in the last thirty minutes. I might back off of that little promise there. But yeah, they start making out. They start making out right there in this filthy alley. And you know that once they're on this like hobo couch making out, that things are not going to go well no, for them. Jason appears immediately and chases them. They run into a subway and they just make it into a car. They run down the stairs. The car, they jump in. The doors close. They made it. 
but Jason can teleport, so he's in the subway car also. Yeah, this, this is the first. Look out of nowhere. <laughs> this is the first piece of New York we get is them going into a subway. We don't see how they get there because that would cost too much to nope. show. There's a brief glimmer of a yellow cab going by. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was, yeah, you see a yellow cab. You see a guy hawking newspapers, right? And you're like, okay, so mm-hmm. we're in New York now. We finally made it. We're no longer like in back alley lots. And they're in the subway. He's in the subway. He starts chasing them through the subway cars. There's a million other people on the subway and none of them blink or move. Yeah, no one gives a fuck that Swamp Thing in a hockey mask is dripping swamp water through this subway car as he chases two kids screaming for help and everyone's just like... Yeah, I'm minding my own business. Isn't that how New York works, though, right? Like, I, a that's, little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know what? <laughs> I mean, if I was in that subway car, I wouldn't try to help him. I'd be like, oh, fuck this. I'm saying I'm sorry. <laughs> you no, just, sir. Yeah. So yeah. to stop Jason from murdering them, we see Sean pull the emergency brake, and we see Jason for the first time be vulnerable. He falls over. Well, the sudden stopping of the train is what yeah. does it. They get out of the car. Jason follows them out. Sean jumps and pushes Jason onto the tracks where he is electrocuted. 6,000 volts this time. We They very clearly mark that that track has 6,000 volts. Yeah. I guess it takes double to knock down a Jason. I guess. We think maybe he's dead. Well, they kind of kick him a little bit to see if he's moving. He's not. They emerge up into Times Square, and now we finally get into a little New York scene. They do like a little pan around. We see the whole thing. And Sean, once again, extremely confident, just tells her it's over. What an asshole. Like, he, he, as soon as you say that, you know that it's not over. Oh, of course not. I, I'm pretty sure this scene in like Times Square where they took all that video, was that 97% of the budget? Oh, yeah. they spent, dude, they spent like maybe half a day in New York. We, yeah. we got to pump this all out right now. Holy. And this is it. Jason's chasing them again. They go to a diner. They ask to call the cops, but the phone is broken in the diner. Jason, <laughs> so is the door because Jason just punches <laughs> yeah, through the door. He this explodes through this door. Yeah. She just opened the door. No, fuck that. He busts in for a fact. And immediately there's a big guy behind the counter. He comes out to be like, hey, what's your fucking problem? Jason just immediately dispatches the guy. Yep. Like one arm throws him. They manage to escape out the back. And then Sean and Rennie run into the sewers. And at this point, we started getting really excited, hoping that maybe we'd have like another Friday the 13th horror crossover. Yeah. Maybe they run into a chud. I was hoping for anything. I would have been fine with Ninja Turtles. Anything Ooh. that would have popped out and made this movie better. Of course, they run out of the diner into a trap place. And they decide the sewer is the place to go. They start running through the sewers. Out jumps. Not Jason this time, but some guy, some like sewer. Uh, uh, I think he was like a city engineer. He was like working some, on the sewer. Sewer worker. Yeah. He tells them they got to get out of there right now because toxic waste floods into the sewers at midnight every night. That sounds like a likely thing, right? Let's let toxic waste. Well, that's what, bust caused, through that's the what sewers. causes the chuds. Well, which is would You've be seen super chud, exciting. I and can't. if you haven't, we're gonna see, we're gonna see it soon. Well, I can't wait because yeah. I'm excited. So they get on their way, but Jason jumps out and attacks the sewer worker. He kills him, but this one in like silhouette view for some reason. Yeah, this it's one a was shadow. Only a shadow, other than the blood splatter on the wall. Yeah. Although it, it's got to be budget, right? It must be like we're running out of money. Fuck it. It, it might have been one of the more convincing deaths in the entire movie. It is no, better. It's better than some of them. Shadow killed not most of them. I feel. Yep. So as she's running away, Sean's been knocked out by the Jason attack. Rennie finds a toxic waste bucket. She opens the lid, throws it at Jason. He pulls off his mask and his face is melting. Now, these effects are straighter to spookies. This is just like a low budget, but reason like low budget, but reasonably high quality. Yeah, that wasn't horrible in terms of, you don't get to see Jason's face very often, I don't think, in, no. in the story. So when they do reveal it, I think it's supposed to be impactful. And it did have a kind of an interesting feel. 
they showed it and it started to melt. And I wondered whether they did it with like claymation or something, like how they were doing those changes. Like obviously yeah. now it'd be really easy to do. Well, I don't know about easy. It'd be a lot of work, but it would be really sort they of CG convincing it. to do in CG. They would just CG yeah, it. Yeah, but this was, this was an actual effect, which I liked a lot. She gets away. She grabs Sean. They're climbing out. And Jason's right behind them on the ladder. But just as they're almost out and he's almost got them, the toxic waste river just comes pouring through the sewer and it sweeps away Jason after at first he like pukes up a bunch of water for some reason. It's really strange. Yeah, <laughs> this was weird. The light started swinging. It was telling you it was coming. He gets smashed by this. He's got a hold of her ankle, but even though he's got superhuman strength, he can't pull like Rennie down because I don't know. Uh, their yep. connection in previous years, the little him, I don't know what happens, but she she's gets away. There's a really weird flashback moment in here as he's getting doused by this water and you're sort of seeing some of his childhood come after that. I don't know. I guess. I don't. Yeah. Again, not really clear. He gets swept away, but he kind of emerges again. He's in really rough shape now. Now his head is like deformed and melting and stuff. And then when the toxic waste all kind of like flows out later on, yeah, we're it left took with, seconds for that toxic waste to come through too, which was uh, really I weird. I feel like that might have been later. I feel like they're almost like, almost like asleep on the ladder. Like they've been there for a while. <laughs> what? Aren't they? I swear <laughs> no. they're just hugging the ladder and they're both kind of like... I think they've both been there for a long time as it washes maybe. away. I don't know. Either way, as it washes away, we see child Jason just laying there. Yeah, he's not deformed. He's like... The way that he was when he went under that lake, when those camp counselors were yeah. being negligent, right? And it was really strange. Why did he turn back into a child there? I don't, is that real? Is that in her head also? How crazy is this lady? Like, it, And then his mask just kind of floats away. Yeah. Is he dead? How the hell is there another one? We know that there is. Yeah, I don't get it either. I, I guess I guess maybe that was in her head and she imagined it or I don't know. But Was the whole way, thing in her head? Who was murdering all these people? Great question. Because at one point, we almost go back to that same like puddle of gasoline. Like, it was like we're about to go back to that same shot. And I'm like, oh, was this whole thing just like a hallucination? And he actually caught them and killed them all? But I don't know, man. Did she murder them all? Ooh, that's an interesting theory. Right? Like, was this her having these hallucinations about this traumatic event that involved Jason in She the was lake? Jason all along? Yeah, maybe. Oh, she just sees a big guy in a hockey mask yeah. and like, she's killing everyone. Maybe. I maybe, feel like get, maybe that maybe the fall into the water was a little too much for her, seeing the water, being on that boat. Yeah. I think we're really stretching to add meaning to what is a piece of shit movie that they, they you know, I if, hope that's true. I hope it's true. If they didn't think about these things, we shouldn't be thinking about them either. <laughs> anyway, they're finally safe and oh. they, they get out of the thing. And this is where they talk about finally going up to the 20th story of what I think is the empire state building and what you think is the statue of Liberty. Who do they get reunited with here? Well, I was going to say, someone's watching them and this is meant to be the one last like, Oh fuck. Is it Jason? Yeah. But no, it's the dog. It's Toby. The dog is okay. Toby the dog is back and he's fine. And we still don't understand why she has a dog the entire time. Or how he managed to somehow locate her in the biggest city in the world after she's been all over the city, subway, diner, yeah. sewer. Maybe Toby was Jason. Ooh. Yeah, it was the I was hoping yeah. for you to have a freeze frame because it needed something oh, to merit like I would an have ending. killed for a freeze and, frame at that point. And it was just this slow motion pan into Times Square. We had like a garbage Motorola ad basically. Sorry, I wanted Motorola through the money. And then they go to the scroll. We got the two of them alive. I would hope that if Motorola gave them money, they could have used it for better something effects screenwriting this was the most expensive one yet they spent over five that million dollars on this my movie. mind i don't understand how they Where spent did the that money, money go i don't know there's no name actors there's no fucking actors the how, effects are minimal yeah how much did it cost to they were in new york for 15 minutes to blow up all God those fires damn. and do the boat i don't there's know no way this is awful 
So we've reached the point in the movie where we were going to rate it. We rate it on a two scales of one to 10, one to 10 for how bad it is, one to 10 for how enjoyable it is. I'm going to go first. One to 10 for how bad it is. This movie, I don't want to get in the habit of doing this. I did it last week or face off. This movie is a fucking 10. It's awful. <laughs> back to back 10s. Wow. Um, I don't, did I give, I don't think I gave face off a 10. Uh, you gave it week. a nine. Yeah. So I wasn't there. This movie is absolutely a fucking 10. If we, had, you know what, if we had watched this first, there's no way I would have given Face Off a 10 because I would have been like, Face Off is not as bad yeah, as that. Friday well, the 13th. And we can't do it with comparisons, though. Otherwise, no, like, you're right. no other movie is going to reach the shithole that this is. And to be fair, the premise of this is actually probably more realistic than the premise of Face Off. So for me... That, um, that has a connection, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I was never scared. It was super fucking confusing. I didn't understand why there was a kid Jason and adult Jason. So I agree. This is definitely a 10 for bad. Wow. So it's in play. We have a chance for our first ever crit, 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 20, crit 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, Yeah, but we know that that's <laughs> that not, not in happen. play. We know there's no, that there's no the enjoyable chance. scale. You can tell based on listening to our rant through this entire, what, I don't know, almost an almost hour long an hour, episode yeah. that... There's no way this is getting a 10. Hey, you know what? If we were right now podcasting in this movie, we still wouldn't be in fucking Manhattan. <laughs> We'd still be on a boat with Jason. God this damn. movie should be called fucking Friday the 13th Terrible Teen Cruise. I yeah. don't know. I guess the point is we could fucking title this podcast Bad Movies and Beer, Coop and Nolan Take Manhattan. It's going to be about the same level of effectiveness. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I agree. So how so, enjoyable for you? Well... I, I really struggled to rate this one for enjoyability because I really wanted to give it a one. Like I was on the... Wow. I, I have I don't know my lowest rating, but I don't even think it's anywhere close to a I one. I think you gave Body of Evidence a three. I believe is that, that my is, lowest is pretty one? close to a one. Well, that's pretty low. I'm giving this one a two. Ooh. It is a two. And the only reason it gets two rather than the one is because the head punch off made me laugh my ass <laughs> off. Yes. The head punch <laughs> off was, was worth it. Uh, yeah. Because that's shown up in two movies we're watching, I definitely see a theme here. Right? That's a like thing, killer clowns. Yeah. And in this movie, the fucking one punch head off is hilarious. And if you put in a movie, I'm giving you an enjoyability factor for it. Ooh. Um, it's going to yeah. be your if version it, of yeah. the freeze frame? Oh, yeah. If it comes up, <laughs> so I'm going to give it a plus off one. someone's head. Plus one. <laughs> plus, plus one, one from, from me. Noel. But it is a garbage movie. I will never watch it again. I don't recommend that anyone listening to this watches it. Man, we are back on it. We had a good streak going. Well, not a good streak. We had one movie. All the movies are gone. I never to see that again. And the last week we got one where you finally agreed that you would watch it again. And this week we are right back to the dumpster. Oh, this is a sewer fire of a movie. Yeah. I don't need to ever watch this again either, which I've watched most movies more than once just to see, like, even if it's bad. I'm like, and how this bad is was our really? virgin watching this movie, right? Like, we it's could try good. to give it another chance, but there's and I no don't, way. I don't feel like seeing the one that came before this would have made it better. I I gave this a four, and I can't tell you why I gave it a four <laughs> instead of like a two or a three. Really? I, it was my impulse. I mean, okay. the head punching went a long way with me too because that was so silly. And it happened near the end of the movie? Yeah. And you know what? I mean, I was invested to some degree. and Like I wanted McCulloch to die, and I laughed at a couple parts. And it's almost – this is almost like a paint-by-numbers kind of – did you did you meet the like notes that it needed? Yeah. So I don't I know. I still can't do it. I don't, I don't know why it was four. I said four, but I don't, I don't know why. All right, well, how like about it. this Aloha Friday HPA? I'll be honest. I didn't really like it either. It was a little too flowery for me. Wow. We almost never dislike the beers we drink. And I don't think it was a bad beer, but I will say I don't know if it was the down I'm feeling from this movie. I, well, you didn't like it either. It did not. I, I guess it was like the acting of Rennie in this movie. It didn't move me in any way. 
Um, oh. Yeah, it, it didn't make me happy or upset. So I guess it was okay. Just, just a neutral beer. Yeah, I like I'm willing to give Long Slice another shot at another beer. Or Based another, purely but. on their website, I definitely want to check out what well, else they have to their offer. Their website's awesome. It's, it's amazing. This sweet 80s feel. They got this 8-bit. They also have uh, a beer uh, that's like Hasta La Vista. And I think we need to give that one a chance just because it makes so much sense with our, our yeah, we could probably so find a movie for that. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna give them another chance. Uh, I guess HPA Hawaiian Pale Ales are not my thing. So next week we're gonna be looking at what I believe is the worst James Bond movie, Moonraker. <laughs> I have no idea what this is about. I assume it involves outer space and lasers and other shit, but it does. Which that sounds super exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this. I've never seen it, so I have no idea. Who's the James Bond for this one? Roger Moore. Sir, oh, Roger, Sir Moore. Roger Moore. Yes, okay, sir. how can he do something bad? He is pretty charming, but yeah. this movie is, in my opinion, a colossal train wreck. So, Oh, I'm excited to watch it then. We'll find out next week. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Please, if you have not already, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at the BMB Podcast. Send us movie suggestions, the BMB Podcast at gmail.com. Like, share, subscribe, and, you know, watch some bad movies, drink some beer. Yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you keep it stabby. Keep it what oh good <laughs> lord oh. new york has a new problem 